Playing the hits and your favorites of yesterday and today. Good evening and welcome to a very special edition of the NMF Podcast with me, Dennis Devlin. And tonight we welcome the amazing Stuart Wolfenden onto the show. That's all coming up later. However, let's begin the show with three songs in a row back to back with this one from Stuart Wolfenden. Much more sexy tracks coming up. Feel love again 
much more sexy tracks coming up.
soup and that's going to be released on the 20th of may but you can pre-save it now on linktree.ee forward slash emfs if you like a bit of engines made of soup that's their new one take two finishing off three songs in a row back to back and that's available from the 28th of may before that we had the wonderful polaroid from the amazing megan Wynn, and of course kicking it all off clay from stuart wolverton who's coming up right after this much more sexy tracks coming up. Oh no, little Timmy's got hold of a marker pen. My wall looks like a colouring book. What am I going to do? Flash! Ah! Cleans up the impossible! Wow, he's really made a mess. 
It's a pain, but we won't stress. In the hall, here's door overall. On the wall, lots of scrolls that we can clean this up. Flash magic eraser, we love you. Flash! Ah! Cleans up the impossible. Where are you? Are you in bed? Or are you leaving the first human footprint on Mars? Are you jogging? Or are you about to pull off the heist of the century? Are you in your car? Or are you praying those red eyes in the darkness can't see you? A voice in your ear can take you anywhere. Audible. Get your first audiobook for free and feel every word. Seven ninety nine a month after 30-day trial. Starts automatically. Terms apply. This tempo's way too slow to tell you all there is to know, so I'm going to speed it up. Here we go. When you're holidaying in Rome but you want it to look like you're at home, Hiveactive lights will come on at night to make your living room nice and bright. Or if you left work in a hurry and you're trying to save some money, Hiveactive plugs let you turn your appliances off whilst you're having your ear chewed off by your boss. How about you're at a romantic dinner for two and you want to check your kids home by curfew? Hive sensors monitor your front door so they won't be sneaking home late anymore. Whew. Because with Hive you control your home from your phone, from your lights to your plugs to your sensors. See what else you can control at HiveHome.com. Hive products work with Hive Hub. Requires broadband. Playing the hits and your favorites of yesterday and today. Are you ready? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. with me, Dennis Devon, and a very warm and good afternoon to the man himself, Stuart Wilton. Good evening, Stuart. Good evening, Dennis. How are you, man? I'm all right, man. It's great to finally catch up with you, mate. <laughs> and you, mate, and you. I just listened to you. I just, I just listened to your, um, your, your, your little green room thing there, mate. That was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd throw in a track for you of your own as well. That was yeah, yeah. Honestly, that was really nice, mate. That to tell you, I've just come up to my wife's office, mate, and I've just—it's sunny where I am, and I've just—and I live kind of countryish, and, and there's some lovely hills, and I just—I um, just sat back on a chair, and I'm just because you're always a bit like you know, all oh, right, what's going to happen here and stuff, and I just sat back and just listened to that, and it really chilled me out, man. Honestly, that was brilliant, <laughs> mate. <laughs> well, thanks, mate. I fully enjoy it. I mean. I just thought that would you know, make you feel like in the green room and all that, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, it was nice and relaxing, the sunshine. I'm just looking at the hills and then I just listened to that thing in the green room and then you played our track. That was nice, mate. That was a nice little, nice touch, man. Nice touch, mate. Cheers, my man. Cheers. Stuart, tell me, <laughs> tell me when your musical journey began. Honestly, when I was a kid, mate, same as I got into... Um, I wasn't very academic uh, at, sc- at school, Dennis. Really, I was into I was into my football. I was into art. I was into kind of technic, a bit of you know artwork and a bit of uh, joinery and stuff like that. So I was that kind of that kind of lad. Really, I was uh, into my BMX and I was a really outdoors kind of kid. And I kind of fell into I fell into acting. Really, I, I did drama at school because um, it was something to do. And yeah. never thought of it. Never thought of it seriously. But then I, I got thrown in at the deep end with the production of um, Kez, and I ended up playing the lead, Billy Casper. And he ended wow. up at 14, fourteen. Um We did a, we did this play, and we took it outside of school, 
to a drama festival and he ended up walking away with the best act under 21 and kind of realised then, oh, I'm okay at this kind of thing. And that really, that set me off, mate. And at the same time, I was I was always into music and stuff. Always, I mean, I remember as a kid kind of, you know, I had a karaoke machine. I was always going up and I used to write my own lyrics to, I was really into metal as a kid. I was into Iron Maiden and um, that kind of stuff and uh, Deep Purple and all this stuff. And <laughs> as a kid, mate, yeah, honestly, mate, yeah, I was a real headbanger and stuff. And I was always drawn to like rock vocalists and stuff. And I'd go up in my bedroom playing, playing all these albums and stuff. And I used to write my own lyrics to the, um, to the songs. And I remember a few years ago, my mum, bless her, found a tape. And I think it was a Scorpion song or something like that. And I'm just singing along on this karaoke machine. Whatever I was singing, I, 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 I honestly, a load of, load of crap, really, mate. But it was, it was <laughs> I, loved, I, used to, I used to love doing it. And then as a teenager with the acting kind of thing, I started, um, yeah, I started really with bands. And my first band was a school band. Um, and at about 15, I landed in Coronation Street as a paper boy. And at the same time, um, my first band, and we called our, we called ourselves the Cabin Boys, with reference to the uh, to the, uh, the, the the cabin there on the street yeah. and stuff. And that was yeah, and we was doing covers and Joy Division covers and the Smiths covers, and yeah, we used to play in the pubs and stuff. So that was my first band at fifteen. So they both both started at a, a kind of young age, mate. And that was and weirdly enough, that that song, um, the man I want to be, was originally a song I wrote called Ocean Full of Tears. I was only fifteen when I wrote that. Uh, and, and it's pretty much it's pretty much the same song, mate. Really, we changed a few lyrics. Me and Darren, Darren, the songwriting part, who's the main songwriter with it, mate. We changed the lyrics. He's um, with reference to my dad and a few other things and stuff. But basically, it's the same song. But yeah, and that's that's where the journey began, really, Dennis. You know, when I was uh, when I was a kid, and the acting kind of took off, and I went in that direction. But I've always, oh, I've always played in the pubs and band circuits since my early twenties, really. You know, I've um, always, I've always, I've always been out there, mate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and who inspires you, and, and and what motivates you to produce the music? Because the music's amazing, mate. Cheers, mate. I mean, honestly, it's 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 all credit to Darren, really. Darren Lamberton is the, you know, he's the main songwriter. I, I kind of that's the man I want to be is one of mine kind of thing with Darren, and I co-wrote another one with him. But we've known each other for a long time, probably from our early twenties, really, and. He'd been away, been to South Africa, and he wrote a few songs out there. And he'd been in a few bands with mates of mine, with singers in his bands. And I always knew him as a, a predominantly a drummer, mate. He played with a, a band called the Red, White, and Blues, and did Download Festival, supporting the likes of Leonard Skinner and, and things like this. Wow. So he's been, yeah, he's you know, so he's he's been on the circuit. He's been around a long time. But I knew he was a great songwriter um, from in my twenties and stuff. And we've always been friends, but. Just a few years ago, I just decided I'd always I've always sung. I've always been in bands. And then as you get older, you kind of do it on your own or you do it with a guitarist. You do it kind of acoustic stuff around the pub circuit. And I wanted to start writing again and I wanted to start working with the guitarist again. And I put it out on social media and he'd seen it um, and we hooked up, got together. He came around to my house and he started to play about four to five songs acoustically um first of all actually he came to see one of my gigs and he wanted to hear the timber in my voice he'd not heard me for a long time and he wanted to see if i <laughs> yeah if i suit, yeah if i could still do it and also if i suited his songs and um you, you know there would have been no fallout he played a couple of tunes to me and i think that the first one we really worked on was feeling feelings run deep and as soon as i started singing that for him he went yeah that's exactly what i've been kind of looking for and stuff that that kind of 
that kind of deepness and the, I've got, a, you know, the bottom end really kind of was drawn to in my voice and, and it went from there, mate, and he had about four or five songs. Like I said, he'd been out in South Africa, written Home is Where the Heart Is and a couple of others. And then that kick-started him as well. And then we just started to go into the studio, which was Lisa Stansfield's private studio way in Rochdale. And he then started to produce more songs and I had some ideas. And it's just gone from there, Dennis. You know, it really has. And we've got, we've got another album now. We're busy kind of putting the band together with a few old musicians and stuff, ready for some gigs later on this year. Um, he's already firing about another eight or nine songs at me already, mate. It's really a kind of, um, yeah, he's, he's got off to a... Uh, it's a great little partnership and stuff, you know, and who knows where it's going to go, mate. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's a hell of a journey. And actually, I've listened to the album several times, you know, and I've passed it around Cheers, to man. friends and family. And uh, I mean, I'm always in a mood now because Lisa Stanfield is my absolute hero. I used to fancy her summit rock when I was younger. Did you, mate? Yeah. We all did. Honestly, mate, I just, I just love, I love her voice, and I loved everything yeah. about her. And, you know, I've always, I've been trying to reach out to her there, try to see if we could get on the podcast. But I mean, I think she's gave up and all that. So I think she's just producing now, from what I heard. But I mean, what a voice, what a talent! Well, I'll tell you, I'll have to put you onto. He's the guy who produced our album. Is Stephen Boyce Buckley, who was an absolute genius. He's the in-house producer and engineer at Gracieland there, um, and he's produced a couple of Lisa's albums. And man, he's he's produced people like Cher and then a Cherry. There's not a lot he hasn't done, and he he he'd be up for the pod. He'd be a great guy on the podcast, Dennis, because he's got some hello. He's got some stories, man. I tell you, you know what I mean. So uh, I he'd be a, he'd be a good. One. Yeah, I'll put I'll, I'll word him up, mate. He, he'd be, he might be up for that, but um. Yeah, so that's that's how it came about. And Darren knew Stephen and I knew Stephen from, from many years ago. Um, and we knew he was there. And so he brought stuff to it as well. I mean, he, he orchestrated Clay and he brought in a few guys from the BBC Philharmonic there and because that song was just written as an acoustic song. And then, unknown to me, Stephen and Darren had kind of plotted behind the scenes. He'd, he, Darren said to him, it'd be wonderful with some real strings on this. So... He's, he's such. He can play the piano. He can play everything. Stephen is a really multi, multi-talented guy. And he'd gone away and orchestrated Clay, and then got in touch with some guys he knows at this BBC Philharmonic. And and I didn't even know. And I literally turned up to, to studio this day, um, and they were in. You know, put setting up, and uh, I just walked in. And I think there's, there is video footage of this. And I'm, I had tears coming down my face, man. Honestly, when I heard that, and I was like, oh wow. And then I thought, oh, I've got, to, I've got to sing on this now. It was just a little acoustic song. Now it's this kind of, you know, it's it's, it's grown. But it's, um, yeah, it's a beautiful song that of, Daz, of Darren's. And, um, yeah, and that, again, that's Steve Buckley. So he's very much like the third kind of wheel with us, really. He's, yeah. you know, he's a talent himself and stuff. And we've got to give him every credit um, for his production and stuff. Um, and we're, we're certainly going to go back there with the next album and, and do it again, mate. You know, um, we found a lovely home there kind of thing. Yeah, I, I describe your music as pleasant and easy, easy listening. How would you best describe your style of music, Stuart? I think that's fair enough, Dennis. I really do. I mean, it's such, I've got such an eclectic taste and so is that Daz really is. I mean, like I said, I like everything from Stevie Wonder to Metallica to my favourite singer of all time is kind of Paul Rogers. Um, you know, he's still a free and bad company and stuff and I like a lot of soul stuff, folk stuff. I grew up with Johnny Cash and... Uh, God, uh, Glen Campbell. Okay, I, I like. Wow. I really do like everything. Um, so That's I think I kind, I kind of style is. It's. I don't. I wouldn't know how to describe. It. I mean, somebody did say how do you describe the album, and I'm like, because I think originally when it came out August last year, and we sent the we sent a few sing few records out to people, and somebody played one last time, and they kind of described us as alternative folk, and we was like, all right, that's okay, but 
if you listen to the whole album, it's certainly not alternative folk. There's a mixture of everything, isn't there? So yeah, yeah. it's and to be honest, I, 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 that's you know, and that's um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's that people will have to just take that as the and the, the second album will probably be the same. You know, what I mean, there's not um, now we're putting the band together with it. It's it's certainly a little bit heavier and a bit more rocky. Um, because we're not even bringing keyboards in for the live set at the moment, so it's all kind of done with two guitars. So songs like Clay and The Man I Want To Be certainly are kind of going to be a little bit different. Maybe how the kind of songs were written. But, um, yeah, I, it's 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 a mixed bag of stuff, really. It's kind of mature, isn't it? I mean, I'm yeah, 51. Yeah. And I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's not songs, even though, like, Home Is Where The Heart Is and stuff like that, it's kind of maybe pop songs, but... That, that was Darren writing about being in South Africa and wanting to come back home and stuff. The songs are really life kind of journeys and, um, you know, there's some sadness in there, there's loss in there, there's all kinds of stories covered really and relationship stuff. So it's, I think, I think mature is, I think mature is mature themes, I think really, mate. Yeah, that's, that describes it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, if I was describing it, I would say it was like a fine malt whiskey that's matured well and it, it, it's pleasing and, and, well, and nice I've, to listen to and taste. That I'll take that, Dennis. Yes, me, 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 me old fella used to love his whiskey, so I'll uh, a fine old whiskey. I'll, I'll, I'll accept <laughs> that, mate. That's that's a great, yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to go on this, but obviously you played some over the time. You played some interesting characters and soaps, especially yep. Hollywood, Hollyoaks, and stuff like that. But and I know it's coming. What was it like playing heavy <laughs> in Dead Man's Shoes alongside the amazing Paddy Constantine? And tell me, what is it like working with him and Shane Meadows? That must have been amazing. Absolute gift, mate, really was, yeah. I mean, I was a fan of his. I'd seen Romeo Brass, so I knew of Paddy and I knew of Shane. And, um, yeah, I'd heard through the agent at the time that he was doing another film and he came to Manchester looking for actors, so I, I kind of went along. And I, I used to, I've always worn hats, mate. I literally walked in with my beanie on and he, he kind of... <laughs> yeah, he, he, yeah, I did, I'm mate. Yeah I did. <laughs> yeah, I did, mate. Yeah, I had a beanie at the time and I remember... I had a couple of meetings with him, I think, in Manchester, and then we went down to Matlock, and he kind of started to build the, um, put the lads together, and I was still wearing my hat and stuff, and he, he said then, he said, uh, yeah, you're going to be wearing your hat in this. He said, to be honest, mate, I cashed as soon as I, I saw you in Manchester, you walked in with your hat on, I thought, oh, he looks pretty cool, let's let's see what he comes up with, and that's how the hat stayed in the film and stuff, and People who've seen me at my gigs you kind of recognise me a bit with my hat on and stuff. I've always kind of worn flat caps and hats and all kinds of things, mate. But <laughs> it was an absolute pleasure, mate, and an absolute, absolute joy. And we didn't, we honestly didn't know. Because we we started putting the film together a couple of weeks before we started to film. So we, we after a couple of weeks, us lads got really close and we started to, you know, we knew what, we thought this film's going to be a bit special. And until the cameras rolled, we didn't truly know that it was kind of become this kind of cult film it's become. Um, but yeah, what a blessing! And Paddy was superb and stuff. Didn't see a lot of Paddy Dennis. He was kept away from us, which was for the film really, which works really well. How yeah. he kind of, you know, I only saw him on set, so it was good. And then it, um, you know, we became pals at the end of the film really. But um, and I've seen he's got a hell of a band riding the low. You'll have to. I don't know if you've checked them out, but there's there's something special as well, mate. I've so I'm, told that, yeah, I've yeah, we, oh, amazing, amazing band. Yeah, and he's, I mean, he right, you know, he's a great singer songwriter himself, mate, and. Uh, yeah, I've been to a few of his gigs and stuff. I've kind of watched them kind of grow. Um, they're doing, I think they're on about the third or fourth album then, lads, mate. They're doing really well. So, and he's very similar to me, mate. He did it as a young age. And it's it's always been, it's always been something else alongside the acting, mate. And it's a great, 
financially it's, it's worked for me over the years and also it's that great there's nothing like the music really for just ha- Shea Meadows and working with Shea Meadows is very unique and very lucky that he lets you kind of yeah. go where it, you know it, it, there is a script it's scripted and he's um, he lets you go where he wants you to go kind of thing but he lets you go where you want to go as well and he'll bring you back yeah. or say that's great or try this direct so it's quite freeing and I find that with music, mate, it's really freeing to be. I've always enjoyed singing it since a kid, and I do. It, it's a great switch off for me. Um, and songwriting is, like I said, I started at an early age with it, but the acting took off, so I went in a different direction. So to come back to it and to have Darren, who's who, who's a fantastic songwriter, and he's, you know, it's a, it is a different art form than singing. So I'm learning new things with that as well, and I kind yeah. of throw ideas to him very much, you know, kind of. I can write some lyrics and write stuff and I throw it to him and um, he kind of comes up with some of the melodies and music and stuff. So it's, um, yeah, it's it's great. But it was a it was a joy, mate. It really was. And I've worked with him a few times now, Shane. I hope, I hope to work with him again. But it's, um, it, yeah, very lucky. As an actor, mate, that's, for me, that's... Because I was, oddly enough, mentioning Kez there earlier, that was one of the first things I ever saw as a kid was the film Kez with Ken Loach. And I yeah, found yeah. that. I found that amazing. I mean, I loved, I love country and Western films. I used to watch all them with my dad and stuff. And my mum was into Spencer Tracy and I used to watch them. And I used to be into my Hammer House of Horror films. I got into all that stuff. But when I saw Kez and I think another, Cathy Come Home maybe, or Whistle Down the Wind and that. And I, I could see that, especially being Northern and the realism, that, that's what really drew me. It was like, oh, wow, it didn't even look like acting. Do you know what I mean? It looked, it just looked so real. Um, and very much how Shane works and Ken Loach works and yeah. kind of Mike Lee and stuff. Yeah, I love I love all that stuff, mate. I'd, I had the pleasure of meeting Ken Loach once, and I just I just find him wow. mesmerising. Such an amazing yeah. guy. I've met him a few times, mate. And I re- oddly enough, I can't, I think it was between me and the guy who got the last the last film there. Sorry, I missed you. I was I, I auditioned about four times for that. I thought I was going to get that, mate. And he and the other guy got it, kind of thing. But I've met him about three or four times now for projects, and I've not. It's nearly cast. Oddly enough. It was a film, um, film filmed in Liverpool a few years ago, and I'd, I'd, I'd won the part in it. I got the part, and then because he does things very real, um, the, the, the scene I was supposed to do in it, um, he didn't get permission to do it or something, so he kind of scrapped it. It wasn't going to happen. But what he did was he sent me audition tape to his son, Jim Loach, who was doing a film yeah. at the time in Nottingham called Oranges and Sunshine, and that's how I got a part in that with Emily... Um, Emily Watson, you know, so um, Emma Watson, I should say. So it's Hi, um, yeah, so, yeah, so um, yeah, it's strange how things happen, you know. And that was a great film. So, but yeah, yeah. What did you meet him for, mate? What did you meet Ken Lee? What did you meet Ken for? It was actually up in Edinburgh at a Hibs game. Fantastic. Well, his casting director, Callan Crawford, who casts all his films. Um, and the guy who writes for him is, is, is basically from Glasgow, aren't they? They're, and Callum's uh, based in Gla- yeah, Glasgow and stuff. So he does, and he's done some great films up there as well, hasn't he? I mean, um, right, he was filming that oh, series that, when he was the copper and all that, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and we were all up there as football fans and we were all misbehaving in this bar and they were they were just set aside and they'd had it all sort of sectioned off for filming. Yeah. So we were all we'll standing keep... watching and he just come yeah. over and he was like, you know, all right, boys, you know, keep the crack down and that, you know, and he was like, he was yeah. like your dad <laughs> telling you off, but he was so yeah. 
everyone was just like, yeah, no worries, sorry, 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 Mr. Lodge. <laughs> I know. Well, he's got such, I mean, he's such a wonderful man as well, mate. And he's so, I mean, I look, you know, I like it. I like him for his political stances as well, really. He's, he kind of, yeah. you know, he fights a good cause, doesn't he? But um, his filmmaking is, is just fantastic. And if, I mean, this, I think there's Robbie Carlyle. Um, there's not many he's used. He's, he's used a couple, uh, you know, two or three times, but he really does like finding kind of new talent and discovering new like. people as well. And even people who've not acted before, you know, I mean, that's what Kez was wonderful for, wasn't it? And, and that's, a, that's and Shane's very much like that, Dennis. So it's great to give, um, yeah, I, quite, I kind of like that, you know, the people who've not done it before because they've just, they've got no, um, you kind of got no one inhibitions, really. They kind of just—it's it's quite freeing, you know. It's because, yeah. like Shane and Ken Loach, the first thing you do on them sets is like they don't want you to act. You know, it's like stop acting, just be you, be natural, be yeah. as natural as possible. You know, so it's great when they kind of discover you and raw talent, mate. Yeah. I always thought I always thought I could do a better acting. I thought you know what they brought class acting now. I can play yeah. a pretty bad guy. I'm sure I could I could roll into Coronation Street and be a bad guy for Glasgow or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. But you've got a great voice, mate. Great voice, man. <laughs> so look, do you see yourself now in more as a musician or do you still see yourself as an actor or do you, are you kind of stuck between two? I'm stuck between the two, mate. I'm never going to give up the acting. I've, I did something earlier this year. I'm hoping to do something else as well. But it's... Um, it's it, the music is great that I'm kind of me and Daz are in charge of it, mate. I mean, you know, the acting, I'm it's a you know, I've got an agent in London, it's them that put me up for the work. Um, I mean, I'm lucky enough to have worked with Shane about five times now, and that's he sometimes comes on himself for that kind of thing, so I don't have to audition for that, but that's a rarity. So it's all down to casting directors, and you know, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people before it gets to me, if, if you understand, you know what I mean, but with the music, yeah. it's just it's just us. Um, and yeah, there's something great about that, and it, I'm going to certainly continue with that. And where it's going to go, I don't know. I mean, we've we've got some we've got some gigs lined up this year, um, and the fest. I think the fest a lot. We're hoping to get some of the festivals, but a lot of them are booked up with the rescheduling stuff. But certainly next year, I've got contacts there for some of the big festivals, mate. So I hope to do them. And I don't know where it's going to go, mate. I honestly don't. And I kind of um, it's lovely to be. To kind of just letting it, just letting it rise, you know. And it's, um, and so I suppose with the acting, you kind of, I'm not, you're not in control with it, really. You know what I mean? It's, um, I mean, you do network and you do make some good friends over the over the years, but you'd never know what's around the corner. And it's, it's similar with the music, but it's, um, all I know is we're going to keep, we're going to continue keep. We've got a fantastic band coming together, and we're going to continue to write. So. I'm ho- I hope I'm always going to do this, mate, without a doubt, because it's something I've always wanted to do. I mean, I've always yeah. gigged, mate. I've been gigging in pubs for the last nearly 30 years, so I've always done that. Nearly every weekend, it's so, you know, I've always done that. But I want, I, you, know, my, my, you know, when I've um, when I've stood on stage and somebody's singing your songs back to you, mate, I, I'm, I'm happy, man, then. I'm, I'm, I'm a happy man. That's, I can that's imagine. Bit, yeah, you know, it's that's that's got to be the ultimate for me. I've had mates who've done it, and, um, yeah, so I, I'd love that, mate. And But, I, you know... I'm I'm one of these guys who's you know never I'm full of energy kind of thing I'm always looking for the uh, I'm always but as long as it's the acting and the music I've, I've been lucky mate I've never had to have um, what I call a real job even though I have done other things when I've needed to you know and I've got a young family now and last year with the lockdown I you know I did a bit of van driving and went working for a company and stuff and had to do had to, you have to do whatever what you have to do to pay the yeah, bills and stuff absolutely. so. Thankfully, I've done this since I was a kid, so I am very, very lucky there, mate. You know what I mean? It's um, 
my dad used to say to that to, to me, you know, you, you're lucky that you, you, you're doing what you love, kind of thing. So I don't yeah. take it for granted. I don't take it for granted, mate. It's, it is, it is, um, it is a pleasure and it's um, a blessing. Yeah. So yeah, who knows, mate? Who knows? It's, um, you know, I, I kind of, do you know, when you, it, it, I think that's great with getting older because you, there's so much stress in your twenties and thirties, especially in the business I've been in and stuff. Yeah. You know, I remember being in my twenties and thinking, "I've got." I'm, by the time I'm thirty, I need to have done this and done that, and it puts so much pressure on these young kids. Now, I get, I get young people now, musicians, oh, especially actors, messaging you like, "Oh, I wish I could get a break, mate. I wish I could do this." And like, listen, mate, it's a life's journey. You just, if you, if this is what you want to do, you want to do it for the rest oh, yeah. of your life. You know, you know what I mean? It's, um, that's what the X Factor's done, hasn't it, man? It's it's ruined kids. It's ruined them, really. That kind of stuff of that I instant agree. Kind, that instant fame, mate. It's not real, and it's not, and it screwed a lot of kids up. And it's not. Um, I went into the acting because I wanted to do it for the rest of my life. Do you know what I mean? And, and same with the music. Yeah. I want to. I want to do it. You know, I don't want to release an album now and then. Oh, that's it. You know what I mean? Thanks very much. <laughs> see you later. You know, you want to see what the next kind of uh, journey is with it. So, and that's all I could say yeah. to young people. Really, is yeah, it's. Um, yeah, I feel for them, but I think it's pressure. It's great yeah, now. Absolutely. I mean, the social media stuff. I mean, this has been wonderful for us. I mean, you know, I mean, we've had people like, uh, oh, uh, Damon, Badly Drawn Boys, you know, loved the album and mm -hmm. I hooked up then with um, uh, Reverend and the Makers, John. He got to wow. listen to it and he, and he put the word out and uh, I did a podcast you know, a week the other eight with Rick Witter from Shed 7 and he, you know, loved the album and stuff. So all that kind of thing may never have come if it weren't for social media and stuff. So it is a wonderful tool. Um, but also, there's, like I said, there's a lot of um, you, you, there's a lot of pressure there because once you stick it up there, it's up for the world then, isn't it? You know what I mean? But thankfully, yeah, a, lot, a lot of people, you know, people are enjoying the album. Because I, I realise that I'm going to be up against that. I was, I mean, I released them. Um, my first record I released was when I was 22. I came out of Coronation Street and I, I set up a record label with my manager at the time. And we got a song given to us by Russ Ballard, who wrote Since You've Been Gone for Rainbow Dennis. And I, I released that and did a video for that. And that's up on YouTube when I was only 22. And um, so I started then. Um, but it, it, it kind of run its course and we, we went as far as we could with it. But um, so it's... Um, so I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm not new to this, but it's, um, yeah, to stick your music up there and put your head above the parapet, and especially because you're known as an actor firstly as well, even though I've always been doing it, you know what I mean? But it's it's up to other people. If they want to pigeonhole me and go, oh, he's an actor singer, that's up to them, mate. But for me, I've always done it. So it's no, it's no skin off yeah. my nose to say, yeah, yeah I'm an Certainly, have mate. God, man, I played. I've lost, <laughs> mate. I've, I've, I've toured in Germany. I've done army barracks. I've done all. I've done working men's clubs. I've done everything, mate. You know what I mean? You, you haven't lived until you've done a working man's club. Until you've done hey, a, a working man's I, club in Blackpool or something like that. Bolton, yeah, yeah, lived. <laughs> I, I've done. I've done loads in Blackpool. I've even done them in the northeast, mate. And I tell you what, you learn. You learn very quick up in the northeast, mate. <laughs> I remember walking into one club, and uh, they've always got a dress room there a green room and we walked in with my band and they had this uh, they, we, we, all we could see was posters of all these bands but we could just see this thick kind of um, marker pen with an arrow and it was just going all the way along the wall and then it started to go up to the ceiling to this loft arch and it said escape now lads <laughs> get, get out well get out while you can and um, yeah some of them clubs up there mate were fierce you know what I mean it's um 
you soon you soon learn, mate. You soon learn. <laughs> you have any? Do you, do you have any plans to do any collaborations with anybody? Uh, oh God. Ah, that's a that's a strange that's a funny oh, do you know one, what that's yeah. unfair, Stuart. That's unfair because I already I already have that's unfair actually that's an unfair question because No, that, no, that, it's a great it's a great question, mate. I honestly have not thought of it. You know what I mean? It's really it's um I mean it's funny now because because it's been it's me and Darren and Darren played everything apart from some of the piano and the strings, Darren played everything on the album, mate. He played the guitar, bass, drums, he played everything on that album. So you know, he's, he's multi-talented there. And now we're putting some band together. And it's two, the drummer and guitarist I brought in are from an old band of mine called Pulp Culture that I had in my 20s. And I've got brought them lads back in, which is wonderful to get back, you know, with some of your old mates and stuff. Yeah. But they're talented lads themselves. So who knows what, you know, it's... Um, I, I kind of feel that, you know, in a, next year maybe I can I can see Daz, the other guitarist, coming to us and saying, I've got a couple of tunes, mate. You know what I mean? So we don't know what – I don't know, mate. I, I honestly don't know. But um, famous-wise, oh, God, I don't know. That'd be uh, – who, who knows, mate? Who knows? Yeah, it's, it's, um, you never know what's yeah. around the corner. You never know what's around the corner, mate. No, you don't. You come across as a half a half full kind of guy, and I like that. I really like the way you come across. I, I, like, I like your music. I like you as a person. You – you know, oh, cheers, man. Honestly, everyone I've talked to about you, they all say the same thing. You know, he, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He's, he's a grafter. Don't ever assume that this guy hasn't earned his stripes or his work to get it because everything he's got, he's had to do it the hard way. Nothing's come easy to Stuart, you know what I mean? And I like that kind of guy. That's the kind of guy. Yeah. I no, I mean, there's no airs of graces with me, mate. You know what I mean? Dad keeps telling me... I- I've been sold off a few fans for swearing too much on social media, but I can't help it, man. But um, but it's uh, no, I am as I am, mate. Do you know what I mean? It's um, I've had an interesting life, mate, and it, it's it's not been plain sailing at all by any means, mate. It's been up and down. I've had my dark days and dark moments, mate. Not like everybody has and stuff. And uh, you know, I've um, I've been off the rails in times in my life, and I've you know, I've I've done a lot of things, mate. And it's uh, it is character building, pal. You know what I mean? You know that, and it's um, and it's. And I don't pretend, mate, to be anything. And I'm not done with no, this. That's, it's, that's, that's yeah, what I like about it, you. yeah, I'm not pretending. People can people can like it a lump at this music, mate. We've not we've done it for we've done it for us, mate. It's, do you know what? This album was just something me and Daz really wanted to do. And after two or three songs in that studio, and then it kind of sparked Stephen as well. You know what I mean? That he was like, oh, he started to bring some ideas to the table. We took 10 months to record it. And at the end of it, we thought, oh, this is, this is, you know, it was just going to be a CD. I was going to sell out my gigs, mate. That's all it was going to be. But it was like, it was too good for that. And um, we got in, you know, some, I don't know if you remember a band from the 80s called Sad Cafe. Um, I do, yes. Yeah. Right. Well, Ian Wilson, the guitarist and songwriter there, he, he came guitarist. in. Absolutely. Well, he, he's, he's a friend of us and he came in with his wife, Sue, and did the backing vocals on a few of the songs. And, um, yeah, there's talks that we may get some supports with them next year, mate, and stuff. They become good friends of ours, and they love the music, mate. They really did. And for them boys to come in and say it. So, yeah, we thought, yeah. you know, this is um, – and because because I I'd not, I'd not been in the studio for a long, long time, so it was um, – conf- I was confident enough, but I didn't know. And I've sung a lot of covers in my time as well, so it's a strange thing to kind of go back to your own voice and trying to find your own voice again. Yeah. And it was it was really nice to do that in the studio. And there was no if it had took if it had took two years to record it, it had took two years. It wasn't there was no pressure on it. Um, 
because me and dad's just funded ourselves when you know we do a job and get a bit more money and like hey mate, i've got a few hundred quid here let's go back into the studio that's all it that's how it was done mate do you know what i mean we've not had any you know there's nobody throwing us any money or anything we've just done it ourselves and even the videos man i've done them videos ourselves you know what i mean it's all it's all us um and it's great that as well because you know there's no you know, I wouldn't even a record company came to us now. I mean, I, I, I really, I wouldn't want to sign with anybody, mate. I just want to, I want to keep control of this and just keep doing this, me and Daz, and just keep, no, just keep, yeah, keep, keep, keep it independent and keep. And the day we stop enjoying it, Dennis, is the day we'll stop, mate. That's it. That's all it is. That's it, man. Do you have any superstitions or rituals before you do a play or or act or gig? Do you know, I always need a piss before I start singing, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't. It doesn't matter if um, it doesn't matter if I've had ten before it, but just before that five minutes are going on, I always just need to have a yeah. It's weird that one, mate. Yeah, I don't know what it's going to be. I hope I'll have to sort that at some big gigs, mate. But um, yeah, in my, in my pub gigs and stuff like that, I'm always I was just got a nip off. I go off say to him, what time do you want me on? Nine o'clock, half nine. You'll always find me at five to nine or whatever. Just nipping for a wee, mate. Yeah, I don't know. That's a strange one. <laughs> and I've got, hey, I tell you what, I've got a mate who's a drummer and he's got the same thing, but he needs a number two in. So he, has, <laughs> yeah, that's a, he, he needs a number two just before he goes on and he's a drummer and he's, he's got the same thing. It's, it's a weird one. I think that's, that's the only habit I've got. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any advice for any young aspiring musicians or, art, or uh, actors? Do you know, I, I um, for the same, mate, is is and it's something I've learned, and I've learned not the hard way, but you do learn. You know, when you're in your twenties, especially in the acting game, you, you're very much a people pleaser. You're trying to please people. You're trying to do this all the time, and trying to please casting directors, trying to please directors, trying to just be yourself. And it goes the same for the acting and the music, mate. I mean, that's it's wonderful when you hear some young kids coming out with great music, or even actors and stuff, and you think, oh man, that's all. The kind of natural and raw and stuff. It's um, you know, it is a business. People say show business and it's a game and stuff like that. And yeah, you know, people do have to play the game in some ways. But do you know, if you can have the bollocks not to play the game and just be yourself and just do it your way, you you know, it's maybe you don't get discovered quicker or whatever. You know, what I mean, you get a lot of these kids now coming straight out of music schools and drama schools and. You know, they're already kind of being headhunted and stuff like that. There's always going to be... It's like the football game, isn't it, mate? It's All always... Right. You know, it's always jobs for the boys. And it is in my industry, mate. But it's lovely if you can... I wish there was more people like Shane and Ken Lokes would, and, and kind of, you know, yes. find, looking at looking at raw talent and looking away from your drama schools and stuff yeah, like that. You know what I mean? Giving... Yeah, giving kids off estates and stuff. Because so, that's... That's what I mean. I had a nice upbringing, mate. My me, me dad worked in a factory. My mum was a midwife. We had a great, you know, a nice up, a nice life, a nice home life and stuff. But, you know, I wasn't academic. It doesn't mean I'm stu- I was stupid or anything. I'm a very bright guy, but I was I was artistic, mate. And that's for me. They don't do enough of that. And, you know, this government at the moment, mate, talking about cutting stuff, it makes my blood boil. But th- there's not enough in school of the artistic, you know, and that's, your, that's kids, people's brains, mate. They have they have two sides of brains and. and you know, the artistic side is a wonderful thing in whatever, if it's art or writing or whatever. So just trying to be true to yourself, really, mate. It is hard because it's that kind of, you do, you know, you're in an industry, you want to be, you know, you want to, there's nothing worse. You know, I heard somebody say the other day, there's nothing worse than putting music out that doesn't get heard. I'd rather people say it was shit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you do want it to be heard. Yeah, you do want it to be heard and you want your, you know, you want your films to be watched and you want people to notice you. Of course you do. 
but you've got to have thick skin. You've got to take the criticism as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's you've got to learn that at an early age. And thankfully, I did. You know, I learned that at um, a young age. You've kind of got to, got to have thick skin, mate. There's so much rejection and so much unemployment, man. You know what I mean? It's yeah. And that's really, I suppose, that's with it. That's why I kind of sung in pubs for so long, mate, because it did supplement my acting and stuff, you know, because I could do that every weekend, a bit of D, I've done DJing, you know, DJing in bars and pubs and stuff and playing, playing all the kind of, but even with that, I'd only play, you know, if somebody phoned me up and say, can you come and DJ, mate? It's the 21st, I'd say, probably not, mate, to be fair, because I'd be playing all Deacon Blue in 80s and a load of rock stuff and stuff. You're not going to like the music. Oh, can you not play such a thing? Nope. I'm going to no, play no. what I like, mate. I'm not playing yeah, exactly. something. You know, and that's and that's and and stick to your guns on that, mate. You know what I mean? It's do what you. And Shane says that do what you're passionate. It's like um, Shane, you know, Shane obviously become a good friend and stuff. And like, it's don't. It's about not lying, mate. Whatever you do, don't lie. If you're going to write something, you're going to write a song. Don't lie. If you're going to act, don't lie. Just tell it. Tell your truth. You know what I mean? And there's a great there's great freedom in that, and there's great honesty in that, and it, it comes it comes across really well. Whether I mean, look at Sleaford Mods now, mate. I, you know, out they've kicked off my all yeah. that kind of. It's it's just honest, brutal stuff, isn't it? You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. yeah don't get me wrong. I like pop. I love pop, and I love I love all kinds of stuff. You know, but um, yeah, it's um, yeah, just be honest and be uh, yeah, be yourself. be yourself, man. Yeah, be yourself. Yeah. The Manchester music scene is is kicking off again. It's it's certainly yeah. peaking again, and there's some amazing bands like the Hacienders and Callum. Absolutely, York. yeah. And is there any yeah. bands that have caught your eye? Well, oddly enough, the Hacienders as well. You've interviewed them boys oh. recently, haven't you? Yeah, they're good. Like, I've never, I've not met them, mate. But do you know, I, we've not announced it yet. But I'm I'm supporting them boys coming up, mate. We're going to do a support gig for them. We're going to be announcing it soon. But I'm telling you now, anyway. I'll, I already knew. <laughs> you, you, you knew anyway. They've told you. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't, I can't wait, mate. It's one of the first. That's going to be one of the first gigs we're going to do this year. But there's another band called Bauer as well from Manchester. Fantastic, mate. They've got um great song called Connected and stuff. I'm going to catch them boys live as well. Um, and they've invited me. The lead singer there said, "Come and have a um." Very eight, very much like talk talk them boys and that kind of, you know yeah. that kind of scripted political the good them good bands out the eighties and stuff. So, and uh, he, he said, "Come and if you come and see us, mate, I'll get you up and have a sing song." When I said, "Oh, I'll be up for that, mate, no problem." So, yeah, there's some, um, and not far from where I live here, I live in a place called Littleborough, which is on the border of Yorkshire here with Todmorden, and yeah, um, you know the band that's just come out of Todmorden there, mate, young band, um, working men's club, yeah, working men's club, they're great. Um, so yeah, this it's nice when back and they're very much like kind of Joy Division and you what it's great when um when some of these young bands kind of heart back to some of the great Manchester stuff, you know what I mean? It's uh it's it's yeah, it's it's great, mate. It's you can hear where they've been influenced and stuff. Yeah, it's good. But yeah, it's alive and well, isn't it? I can't I can't wait, mate. Are you the same, man? Are you can't I'm wait to get to mate, some honestly, gigs? I, I'm I'm lucky. I've I've just agreed to the Hacienders have agreed for me to come down and meet them when they do their first show and all. I'm going to spend the, the night with them recording them and all that pre and you know, before and other bands and, and chat with them and all that. So I'm in October. In October, that ninth of the ninth of October one. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be there, mate. Oh man, brilliant, mate. Well, yeah, we're we're second on them before them, aren't yeah, we? So, I know. Oh, well, great! To, it'd be great to meet you, mate. <laughs> I was told not to see nothing, so it's all right. Ah, <laughs> oh, bollocks, damn. I can't. I, I'm trying to. I've told all my mates, mate, as well. You know what I mean? Because I want to make sure they get tickets and stuff. You know what I mean? So, um, uh, I've got a lot of um, 
years ago when I was in Corrie, mate, my best mate I lived with at the time was the drummer for Revenge, which was Peter Rook's band before before it became Monaco. So, you know, I and I used to, um, one of the best gigs I ever did there, mate, was um, I, when I was in Corrie, I used to follow a band called the North Side, North Side in Manchester. And I, I followed them all the way up to Barrowlands in Glasgow there and spent the night. I slept outside with three of my mates in my car outside Barrowlands, mate. That was... Um, I'll tell you what, that was a story, mate. Seven o'clock in the morning, two, two coppers knocking on, our, knocking on our door. All right, lads, what are you doing? Like, oh, sorry, mate, we, um, you slept in car overnight, lads. Yeah, we have actually, mate. Right, okay, be on your way. And then I think we got out and I think the pubs were open at eight o'clock in the morning then, mate. I'm going uh, back about opposite, it. Mate. Right opposite, mate, Irish yeah. Pals, right opposite, Stuart. That was it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, all, they all follow particular support. They, they, that, that, that part where the Barlands is, that that is mostly to do with a particular football club, you know. Yeah. That all them, yeah. You know that's my neck of the woods, and I love it there. I love somebody, somebody, the live action here, and somebody in bars, and you. I mean, the Barrowlands is just amazing. I, well, I tell you what, mate, I'd love to play up there, man. I'm all, we're gonna we're gonna play wherever people will have us, mate. But there's some, yeah. I, I mean, I want to. There's certain bars in Manchester, the Night and Day Cafe. I want to play. Um, I want to do some festivals, mate. I want to get up to Kendall Cut, them kind of thing. I mean, you're hopefully, mate. Fingers crossed, if the door. I don't. I'm not expecting anything, mate, and I'm not doing it to, yeah, but the, oh, the album cover, it's, it's, it's me, it's Herbie on there and stuff, and if people are coming to me through Dead Man's Shoes, that's fine, that's not a problem, but I want people to, to want us on because of the strength of the songs and the strength of the band and stuff, yeah. mate, do you know what I mean? I'm not asking for any favours off anybody, but um, if, um, oh yeah, I'd love to be, I'd love to come up there, mate, and play some, uh, play some places where I've seen some other bands, man, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, um, that'd, love be, that. that'd be awesome, mate, yeah. Yeah, who knows, who knows. Stuart, what has been the most challenging role you have ever had to play? It would be it would be Herbie, mate. I think because yeah. it was um, even though there's a lot of me in that character, it was um, it was a hell of a shoot, and it was very fo- oh, it was a it was a ball, mate. Really was, but there was some dark stuff, and it was there was yeah. you know there was a lot of hard work in that, mate. Early mornings, late nights, um, and because it's kind of improvised and workshop, you you know yeah. Particularly that the acid scene in that film, we worked and worked on that for hours, you know. So it was, um, yeah, it's um, and the subject matter, you know, even it was, yeah, you know, exactly, we, we, yeah. you know, we knew what we were doing, and you know, there was some you've got to kind of switch off with some of the stuff you're doing, yeah. So that that was probably the biggest, the biggest one, mate. The biggest joy, but the, the toughest as well. But That's when you've got one. somebody like Shane there who looks after you and and, and you know, make sure you're okay. I mean, I remember coming out of that scene um, and I didn't know I was going to cry in that scene, mate. I didn't know at all, but Paddy started to, we started to build that scene and workshop it and I didn't know Paddy was going to open that case up and do all that. So when he started to do all that kind of stuff, man, yeah, tears came, do you know what I mean? It was very, very real and we did it, you know, we did it a good few times and I remember coming outside and just needing a breather and Shane came, you know, and was like, you all right, man? I was like, yeah, I'm battered, mate. You know what I mean? It's, it was it was hard going, but um, but wonderful. And then you see what's on the screen, mate. Do you know what I mean? But it's uh, yeah. Did that's you been... it? Did you shut yourself? Mate, could... Did you shut yourself with Paddy Constant come with that last one? I shut it. Well, do you know what? There's a there's a that scene there, mate. Um, when he when it when he first did that scene, yeah, I don't know if I've told this story before. I may have done, but when he appears at that door, um. I come, I come skipping down them stairs. When we started, to, when we started to rehearse it, I came skipping down them stairs. And what he said to me was, "Come to the door, and Paddy will be about 
oh, about 20 feet away. You'll be just under this lamp there, about 20 feet away. You'll, you'll come to as if you can open the door and you'll just look through the glass and you'll see him about 20 feet away under this kind of street lamp. Yeah, OK, no problem. So we go for the first take, ask it down the stairs. And I think it's the one that's in because I, I nearly, I literally do nearly trip and fall on my ass. You do? <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that was real. That, that's not acting, mate. That was real. That. That's why I, I asked it. You yeah. look like you got the freight of your yeah. life, I come skipping down the stairs and Paddy, they, they lied to me, the lying bastard. Paddy was stood right at the glass. So I'm expecting him, I'm expecting him to be 20 feet away, but he was stood right there, the bastard. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what Shane does, man. That's it. That's the kind of thing he does, you know. When he, you could be doing a scene, and um, you know, he'll, he'll go and whisper in a, a, an actor's ear and say, and you know, go and say something different, or say this and say that, and and then you, and then you react different. You know, that's what acting's all about. It's not about when, when you're talking; it's about reacting to everybody else as well, mate, and being being present. You know what I mean? And it's yeah, it's so. I mean, he's a great actor himself. I mean, his, his early films, he used to appear in himself. You know what I mean? And that's how him and Paddy bonded. They were both at kind of uni together. I think Nottingham and they were both kind of in the music scene and photography interested and stuff. And, you know, you, I don't know if you've ever been online, mate, and put so have you seen some of the old short, shorts him and Paddy used to do? You'll have to look oh, at yeah. some of them. Yeah, there's some unbelievable. Yeah. And the King of the Gypsies story with the, you know, the true Bartley Gorman thing. That's a wonderful, that's a wonderful that's amazing, thing. That. That's amazing, man. Yeah, that's a wonderful thing, that. And he actually, he became friends with Bartley, you know, and that was actually Bartley's camp down in uh, Utopsita, wasn't it, I think? Bert right. Trent, Utopsita. And that's, yeah. So that's, yeah. So he's never lost that, Shane, you know, with all this kind of, you know, fame now and, and he's grown and grown. Um, but he's still got that kind of, he's still got that guerrilla style kind of mentality and, he likes to do it his way. Do you know what I mean? He, he's, he's got a great production team behind him, great producers and stuff, and he, he likes to do it his way. And uh, and that's great with his music, with us being, you know, there's, there's nobody telling us, do it this way. You know what I mean? I, you know, Daz throws ideas at me and I throw ideas at Daz, and that's, there's no, there's no right or wrong kind of thing, but there's only us kind of, we've got to answer it to each. If we, if we like the songs at the end of it, then that's it, mate. We're happy. It's done. You know. Yeah. It was in, if you were offered a role in 007, <laughs> what would your ideal character be if it couldn't be James Bond? Oh, I, I wouldn't want to be James Bond anyway, mate. I'd want to be the baddie. Yeah, I think without it's a, without a doubt, I'd want to be one of these. Uh, yeah, with a few scars on and a few. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what what was? Oh, is it Xavier Bardem was one of the last? Oh, he was a wicked baddie. Him. Yeah, yeah, with a scar yeah. in that. Yeah. yeah, there was. Yeah, there was. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's been some great ones. I mean. Donald Pleasance was a wicked one, wasn't he? And um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think. Yeah, I, man. Think myself, I look back and I think to myself, you think of some of the baddies that've been there, and and I know there's been some great James Bonds, but the baddies, I mean, Christopher Lee, man, I mean, come oh, on, with Christopher Lee, like you, Hammer, he was. There's no ever going to be a better Dracula than Christopher no. Lee, you know. Ever, I don't care who he produced, but when you see yeah. him in Bond, and you're like. I'm scared yeah. when he opens his eyes. As soon as you see them big eyes, you're like, nah, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm the same as you, mate. I grew up with that. I remember, I, I, I was, um, yeah, I mean, I love horror films and stuff. And growing up as a kid with um, the three of them, mate, Vincent Price, Christopher uh, Lee, and uh, Peter, Cushing. Peter Cushing, yeah. I mean, uh, and the, I, I was addicted that Hammer House of Horror, the, the series, and, and them. Yeah, I mean, I grew up with all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, I remember. I remember my mum thinking I was weird as a kid because I collected. <laughs> I, I used to have Action Men and 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 Steve Austin and all that kind of stuff and Evil Can Evil, but 
I used to collect like dolls, the mummy dolls and all that and stuff that you know was worth a fortune in the time. And she used to think, and I was like, well, you, you used yeah, to make weird. me watch. Up. <laughs> yeah, I used to make me watch these horror films, ma'am. You know what I mean? So, um, but I loved them, mate. I loved it. Oh, mate, yeah. And the Oliver Reed is that werewolf uh, in the wolf and the Wolfman. And, oh yeah. Wolfman. Oh, oh wow. all that stuff, mate. And I love them now. I love them now. Looking back at that stuff, mate. Um, but yeah, it was um, great drama and great dramatics and. Uh, Oh, I used to scare the sh- pants off you, didn't it, man? You know what I mean? Absolutely, but uh, but yeah. I remember as a kid, I remember as a kid, my first my first experience of that, and I don't know who it was, but I, I'm, I don't know how old I was, but it was early 70s. I've only been four or five. But I remember listening to, on the radio with my mum and dad, and it was a late-night show, and it used to be ghost stories, and I absolutely loved that. I remember loving that. I used to scare the sh- pants off us, but me and my sister. But, yeah, this guy just telling ghost stories. And the, I mean, my two favorite horror films of all time are Halloween and The, the Fog Man. Because oh, see, Halloween, just... I, I can't watch. See, Halloween, I love that. But see that music, that mu- without that music. Oh, I love that, that music. music. I love it. Oh. I love that music, man. That That is the best horror music ever. Absolutely, man. As soon as you hear that. Classic. Yeah. You know I love John Carpenter. Yeah, I love John Carpenter. But that, that and The Fog for me. I love the I love I love ghost stories in horrors. I love ghost stories. You know what I mean. So, the Fog Man and Jamie Jamie Lee Curtis was just oh man, she oh, was a, <laughs> she was a, a dream, wasn't she? You know what I mean. But um, yeah, I love the Halloween and Donald Pleasance. Donald Pleasance, but he was great. He was great. Ah, old Donald, yeah. uh, the old doctor. Yeah, yeah. Wicked, there was man, something wicked. funny about. There was something dodgy about him and Austin. I'd like to have known his backstory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder what. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah. Yeah, How did he um... get to be his doctor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did he have a daughter, didn't it? Was his daughter? The daughter used to look spitting image of him. She did a few films. Yeah, didn't she? yeah. Do you remember? Creepy. Creepy talk about knowing your dad looks like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bless you. I mean, you know, yeah, you know yeah, that, that's probably one guy you don't really want to look like, do you? But she looked no. the spitting image of him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she did a couple of horror films, I think, didn't she? Yeah. But, yeah. Okay, well, before oh. we before we close this, Stuart, I always ask. There's a couple of questions, and I always ask the obvious one: CD, digital, or vinyl, Stuart? Oh, I'd have to be vinyl, mate. Yeah, Absolutely. it's. Um, I mean, we wish we had now. We didn't have the money at the time to produce vinyl, mate. We could. We did the CD, but we made the CD look like a vinyl. You know what I mean? And we did yeah. that. Um, I'll have to send you one up, man. I'll send you a proper a CD, a copy to you, mate. I'll send one over to you, but. Um, I think next, and oddly enough, yeah, we've had a few people saying, um, have you got it on vinyl, mate? I love a copy on vinyl. So maybe we'll do that in the future, mate. But I, I think definitely in the next one, I'd love to do. Do you, know, I, do you know I heard the other day? Tapes are coming back, aren't they? People are yeah, buying tapes. Yeah, 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 they're coming out, mate. I can't wait. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, wow. Oh, I've thrown so many good tapes. I've thrown so many good tapes away over the years, man. <laughs> exactly. I know. And you're going to have to get your pen back out. To, when, you, when it all comes out, you have to get your pen out and start rewinding it all back to get it all back oh, in the mate. <laughs> Well, that's how I started as a kid. I had this karaoke machine that my man bought us, and it was a twin tape deck. So you could put a tape of the original music in one side, a blank tape in the other, and it had a microphone with it, mate. And I remember this as a kid. This is how I first started to do it in my bedroom. So you play. I remember playing the Scorpions or Girl School or... Uh, a load of rock music and then I'd play the blank tape and I'd sing my own lyrics over the song and record it and I'd play it back to my mum and dad and they'd go what's that shite son my god (laughs) (laughs) yeah thanks mum yeah used to love it you know what I mean but um, 
yes, yeah, so I was I was always wanting to be a rock star as a kid, mate. It was that kind of it was that escapism, mate. Do you know what I mean? And I yeah. I, I tell you what, I, re, I mean I've always been an Elvis fan all my life, and I remember one of my biggest memories in my life was being seven year old when he died in 1977, and coming out on the street and going, oh, and I'd heard Elvis records. I had a, my mum and dad had some of them records. I went one of the first albums I ever played was GI Blues. Um, wow. yeah. And then after, I don't know if you remember it afterwards, but um, he played, his films were on for months and months afterwards. And I really got into Elvis then. And I remember thinking, oh man, I'd like to be him. He's cool. You know what I mean? And yeah. that was the first kind of, that was the first kind of pop star that I'd ever kind of come across and thought, yeah, you know, this is a bit cool. And he standing up on a stage and doing that. I remember that vividly as a kid. Didn't know, you know, where I was going to go or anything with it. But yeah, that was a, that was an attraction, mate. That was a draw. And I, I still love Elvis to this day, man. Love him. He's still the king. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Stuart, if you were trapped in an elevator with someone, <laughs> who, would, who would you least likely want to be trapped with? Who would be the least person you'd want? You're like, oh, just don't. For me, it's that Matt Hancock. If I was trapped in an elevator with that man Hancock, <laughs> honestly, I'd pull my own teeth out. I'd actually, I wouldn't need, need painkillers. I'd pull my yeah. own teeth out and I'd feel better after it, just looking I'm at him. Absolutely, any of that cabinet, mate. I couldn't, but to be honest, mate, I'd have to. I'd, I'd end up filling them in. So I'd, I'd, you know what I mean. I'd be, I'd have to. I'd have to say they slipped or something. But you just couldn't. As soon as they open the mouth, you know, you just have to go. Oh, mate, I can't stand this. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine being stuck uh -huh. in a lift with any of that lot, mate. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, who else? <laughs> yeah, there's some. Um, oh, there's some boring. There's some boring bastards in the world, isn't there, mate? There's some. Yeah, there is, mate. Anybody boring or any? Yeah. Um, yeah. Billy Connolly be cool, though. Eh? Imagine being stuck in a oh, lift with him, mate. Oh, man, aye. Oh, imagine being trapped in the elevator with him. Imagine the stories he could tell. I've met him yeah. a few you'd, you'd bore the tits off him, though, wouldn't you? Because you'd be like, come on, Billy, tell us another one. He'd be like, oh, for fuck's sake. You know well, what I mean? He grew up with my dad, eh? He grew up with my dad all that and doing Gordon all that, eh? So my dad knew him and that and knew his mom and his brother and all that and, and he just said he was just like, such a funny guy. But People forget he was so out there. He went against the grain, you know, several times. So he did, I, he's another guy like yourself. This earned his stripes, you know. He's really had absolutely, to put the work in, you know. He's a he's a huge hero, mate. And I remember as a, as a kid, my mum had a few albums, and I remember when he first started come on Parkinson and stuff like that. And I remember his his banana boots and. Uh, if it wasn't for your wellies, I remember hearing that as a kid. You know what I mean? I thought um, and thinking, thinking, what who the hell was he? And then we saw him. Because I think I heard him first on a record. Um, my mum and dad used to play like things like Horton Weavers and some of the folk stuff. Um, and he was a folk artist, wasn't he, originally? Oh, and stuff. Right, and, yeah. So I think I, 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 I heard... I didn't know who he, Yeah, exactly. I didn't know who he was, but I remember hearing him as a kid on the record. And I remember if it wasn't, if I, yeah, well, he's, I remember hearing that and thinking, where the fucking hell is this? But, um, <laughs> and then we saw him on Parkinson and that, that when he came out with that, like, about as popular as a fart in a space suit. You know, you just thought, oh, man. <laughs> so I, I got, I went, I've, you know, I went, it, it, one of his, I think it's the last tour he did. I took my wife to see him. I've always wanted to see him. And he had tickets to see him about 15 years ago. And I got an acting job and he ended up going down south and he played the Apollo in Manchester. And I was absolutely gutted. And all my family went, my girlfriend at the time, and I was filming down in Cornwall somewhere. And when he came on stage, I made him hold up the mobile phone so I could fucking hear him. You know what I mean? I wanted to hear him. I wanted to hear him. Come on. But I managed I managed to get to see him on his last tour, mate, and I took my wife to the arena in Manchester. And I've never heard an audience, when he walked on stage and he just, 
he was so frail. I mean, I think he's better now than he was then. And he was so frail. And to hear thousands of people kind of gasp and go, oh, this whole audience just did that, you know what I mean? And he just, because you're so used to him up and down the stage, but uh -huh. he literally was just stood. It was a shame to see him, but it was wonderful to see him as well. And he looked magnificent. And I didn't realise how, how old he was. I mean, he's 70, you know, when he had his, his hair was really long and grey. He looked wonderful. But he just stood there with a stool and a glass of water. And he just talked about his illness and all that. And he was just, it was electric, mate. It was absolutely electric. And he just stood there. He couldn't move. Um, you know, he wasn't his energetic self, but he had the audience in the palm of his hand. So I'm so glad I actually did get to see him live, mate, because he, he announced after that that was his his last tour and stuff, yeah. But, mate, you know, I think that's my... That my biggest my regret in life, and no, I'd love to have met the man, mate. I'd love to have met him. I've love to have met him. Have you, mate? Have you? Oh, you're a I'm lucky, a lucky man. Fan. I'm a big right. Celtic fan. I've seen him at Hamden. I've seen him at Parkhead so many times, and he he just stops and talks to everybody. Yeah, he's got no no, you know, he, I he's believe. waving away. Yeah. I believe so. I mean, he said on this tour, and I was gutted. I said to my wife at the time, I wish I knew what hotel he was in, because he says, I've been out walking. I go out walking in Manchester. And he, he was like, I'm not going to tell you where I walk, because you'll fucking follow me, you know what I mean? And stuff like that. <laughs> but um, he said, but I've been, because he was in Manchester for a few nights, but he says, um, he said, but do me a favour. If you bump into me, whatever. He said, don't stand there and ask for a photo and take a selfie and stuff. If you want to talk to me, talk to me. But I'm yeah. not, I don't want selfies. I don't want photos, guy. And I thought, oh, mate, I'd love to just bump into him and just say, oh, Billy, man, you've just been, you have been, um, you know, he's just, I'll be heartbroken when he goes, man. He, he's just oh. been that. Yeah, he, he is the ultimate rock rock star kind of comedian. There will never be anybody better, mate, anybody to touch that man. And, yeah, he's been a hero of mine all my life, mate. So I'd love to. And I love them. My favourite programmes are them when he's travelled the world, mate, and just when he gets off his bike and just... Uh, um, he's just American just yeah, just wanders off the beaten track and goes and finds stuff. I mean, I'm very simple. I grew up camp. I spent my childhood up in Scotland, mate. I mean, I grew I, I camped all over Auburn, Fort William, all them, all them great places as a kid. That's where my dad, um, that my, my mum and dad took me as a kid. So I was, I got into camping as a young, uh, young age, and would just go off the beaten track and, you know, go look at castles and all this kind of stuff. And I'm doing it now with my son, kind of thing. And uh, yeah. yeah, I remember going to. <laughs> I was up in Holland as a kid, and we, my mum said she always wanted to go and see. Um, a Kaylee. So she took us to this fucking Kaylee, mate. And uh, <laughs> I, I remember it as a kid, and my mum talks about My dad's gone now, but my mum still talks about this. And I was only 10 year old. And we went to uh, this village hall in Auburn. I'll never forget it, mate. And these, I don't know how old these guys were, but they kind of stumbled in, these guys. And as a, I was a 10 year old, and I was thinking, who the fucking hell are these old farts walking in? <laughs> and they, they, they stumbled in like with walking sticks and all that, mate. They may not have been that old. They may have only been in the 40s and 50s, but as a 10-year-old boy, they look really old to me. They kind of, <laughs> they walk slowly in. They walk, they walk slowly in this church hall, man, and sat on these rickety chairs, and we sat on these rickety chairs. I mean, mum and dad are excited. And, you know, I'm a 10-year-old boy, like, oh, this is going to be fucking horrendous. This is what's going on here. <laughs> and I tell, I tell you what, mate, I've never heard anything like it. They picked up these fiddles and stuff and started to play this music and I even even at 10 year old I was like oh man you know what what's this it was unbelievable mate it was un <laughs> and that was that was my first experience of a Kaylee and um that was magical mate I'll never forget that yeah I don't know who they guy the guys were but it was in Auburn it was 1980 it was some church hall and it was wonderful mate yeah 
And my mum came oh, back with them with a load of records, a load of um, a load of records of this Kaylee and stuff like that. And I, I had, yeah, I was, I got subjected to that as a kid. Hart and Weavers, and she, <laughs> my mum and dad loved all that kind of music, you know, the kind of Scottish and Irish music they play, all that stuff, you know. So it's funny, isn't it? Because you don't know as a kid what you and now. You know, I'd love to, I want to put some of that stuff in my own music kind of thing. We've got a song that yeah. we've just written recently and we're thinking about putting a, a fiddle on that and stuff. And it's amazing, isn't it, that you don't know what's been, that's influenced. And years later, you just think, oh, these, you know, this kind of, I've, I've always loved Celtic music, man. One, one of my favourite bands of all time is Deacon Blue, but also Stuart Adamson, mate. Oh, I love Big Country, man. I absolutely adore that guy. Love his songwriting and love his songs, mate. Well, look, Stuart, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, and I, I've been waiting for this moment. I've been sitting counting the moments down to get chatting to you, mate. Oh, it's uh, been a pleasure, man, pleasure. And I wish you all the best for the future. Would you like to introduce your latest single? The Man I Want to Be, is it? It is, yeah. Yeah, I hope you enjoy it. This is a very personal story, and uh, this is a song called The Man I Want to Be. I'm Dennis Devlin. This has been the Edward Podcast, and I thank Stuart Wolfenden, and this is his latest single. Playing the hits and your favorites of yesterday and today.
hits and your favorites of yesterday and today. Wow, that's the Joker. Brand new from the Hacienders. And of course, prior to that was Callow Youth and Over Your Head again. Brand new. It was great talking to them lads on the podcast, by the way. And kicking off the three songs in a row back to back. Another brand new song from Stuart Wolfenden and The Man I Want to Be. Now, I'm Dennis Devon. This has been the NMF podcast. Coming up, we'll be talking to Megan Wynne and we'll be listening to Polaroid. All that to come in the next episode of the NMF podcast with me, Dennis Devlin. The best songs on the radio. This is my only favorite station. The hits just keep on coming.